Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. Good morning, faith family and friends. It is such a blessing to be bringing God's word into your house, which you're allowing to become God's house here on this COVID Sunday morning. But we're almost out of this thing. We're, we're, we're about to break through, and I want to encourage you in that. Uh, I know that um, our, our county has presented a message to the governor to ask us to be included into phase two, which will allow us to start meeting rather quickly. So we're looking forward to that, and we'll, we'll keep you updated on that. But we are facing some pretty kind of difficult days today. And I want to bring a message to you that I hope will be encouraging to you and that you'll also be inspired to rise up and to let your light shine in some pretty dark times that we're living in right now. Amen? And as we get ready to press in, we're going to start with prayer. But I want to encourage you to really lean into what the, God has to say in his word today and, and the message because I believe that the devil would love to cause you to be distracted at home. And I know it's easy, but I really want to encourage you to just kind of put those things aside. Don't get distracted with your devices, but really just hear what God has to say. Give him just a half hour of uninterrupted attention, and I promise you, you're going to be better on the other side. Amen? Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you that as we dig in and, and we do it in faith, that we expect to be better off on the other side. We ask that you would give us hearts to, to receive, ears to hear, and eyes to see everything that you have for us. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So um, I talk about being encouraged. The, the truth is that Pastor Mike needed to be encouraged. Um, there's, some, there's some dark things going on in our world. And here I am, a white pastor, but I, I'm pastoring a diverse church, which is amazing. It's a, it's exactly what Pastor Don and I dreamed of from the very beginning. We never wanted a church of one people group. We wanted a church that looked like heaven. Heaven, there's going to be a whole lot of different colored people up there, and they're going to be celebrating salvation and, and, and celebrating what God has for them. And that was always our desire, and God gave us that. But even in that, I have to, I have to know how to present what's on my heart so that I'm sensitive and understanding of what some people in our church are going through, and I present God's word in a powerful and encouraging way. So to be honest with you, I went to some of my mentors, and I went to one friend of mine who he is an expert in end of days, um, end times, prophecies, and how what we're watching in the news and what we're seeing on TV, this stuff is in the Bible. I always knew the end times were coming, but I never expected it was going to be right up in our face like this. And it could be kind of, kind of wild, but it's also kind of exciting. And this is what Joe said. He said, be encouraged that none of the stuff that's happening took God by surprise. Not only did he know it was going to happen, but he put in his word things so that we could be encouraged, inspired, and, and, and actually empowered to, to navigate through these times with his plan and to be successful and to be better on the other side. Now, that's Joe Morris from Joe Morris Ministries. If if you're interested in end times, then I encourage you, you can look him up on YouTube. Powerful. He's the best there is at this, in my opinion. 
He's very good. So I would encourage you to look him up. And the second mentor I went to was Pastor Norm Du Bois, who has an amazing church in the greater Orlando area. And he has, um, he's the one, he's like a big brother in the faith that kind of just, he, he keeps you even kill. You know, you don't freak out or, or, or kind of, ah, what do I do? He's kind of like, no, no, this is, you know. And uh, he's been a real encouragement to me. And I know he is to a lot of other pastors. But the thing I learned from Norm was that it, it's not the time for me to just start talking. You know, because to be honest with you, I have never faced the issues that so many of the people I love have. And he says, Mike, or, well, he didn't say Mike. I actually was watching a message. So <laughs> I'd love to say he said to me personally. But I was watching a message. And he said, now's the time that we need to, to listen. Don't talk yet. Just listen. We need to hear how this has affected people that we care about, how it's affecting people we don't even know. We need to hear the damage that's been done. He said, we also need to make sure that, that, that we learn from this, that we learn what's wrong and what's right and the best way and the best practices to keep this from happening again. And then he said, we need to always love because the things that are going on in our world right now, a lot of them, they have nothing to do with love. It's not God. It has nothing to do with God. But God is love, the Bible says, and love never fails. So once we, we've decided that we're going to listen, we're going to learn, and we're going to love with the power of God, then we're, then we're in a position where we can truly lead. And I thank Pastor Norm for that. It's been such an encouragement to me, and I just really enjoy his teachings. I learned that this, and I want to say this, is even though I'm not a racist, I absolutely hate the, the, the pain, the anguish. I think racism is deplorable. I learned that it's not just me not being racist, that, that, that that's not enough anymore. That if I truly love and I truly have learned what it's causing other people to feel and, and go through, then I need to do something about it. I need to stand up with those who are protesting and say, this is wrong. We don't want this anymore. This is not the way it should be. I need to be willing to stand up with them and make that declaration. So I do. And we at Faith Family Church, we stand with those who are, who are saying no more. Too, too long, too much, no more. And we stand with them. Amen? But I do also stand, and I want you to hear me with this. I stand with our law enforcement. I stand with our military. And here's why. Yeah, there's, there's some bad cops out there. Just like there's some bad husbands, there's some bad plumbers, some bad, bad painters. You know, there's bad segments of every segment. But that doesn't mean they're all bad. We have people in our church that are law enforcement, and they're great people. They're wonderful people. They're not racist. And we have to make sure that we don't paint with a broad stroke a certain people group because of the damage that some small percentage has done. It'd be just like a girl getting hurt by a boy and then saying all men stink. You can't do that. It, it's not correct. So yeah, we stand with you saying that this is wrong, but we also support our, our law enforcement. We support our military. Uh, I do not support in any way the violence and the actions that are being taken place, the, the lawlessness. That is not of God. I don't think it's a good thing, and I don't think it furthers the cause. I think it hurts it. So we as a church, we don't stand for that. We, we do not condone the violence and things like that, but we do stand for those who say, this is wrong, we don't want it anymore. 
Amen? I hope that helps you, and, and it, it helped me to understand I can't just say things like, well, I'm not a racist. Well, no, but what am I doing about racism? That's the real question here today. And uh, I've learned, and I've been encouraged by my mentors to, to address it in, I think, a better way and a more empowered way. And I believe that today we're going to get through this. The, the title of my message is uh, The Way to a Better Tomorrow. And even though we're facing dark times, God always has a way to a better tomorrow. And I believe we're going to be able to get that from his word today. Amen? My third mentor that I went to, and I'm just sharing with you a page out of my book, is his name is Gerald Brooks. He is a pastor out of um, Plano, Texas. Now, Pastor Gerald, he's been doing it for over 35 years. He, he is not a, a huge man. He's actually... He's very slim in stature, probably 5'9", but he is a giant when it comes to wisdom and insight on how to pastor God's people through the darkest of days. So I've, I've set myself under some of his teachings. Um, he's someone that I look to, someone that I, I sit under in meetings, and he sent out a thing. And, and he asked us as a church to, to accept a challenge that I'm going to go into in a few minutes. But I want to give you the basis of what he's saying right now because I really think it, it resonates with us at Faith Family Church. And he's, he is a student of uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s life. He has studied him probably only less than he studied Jesus Christ, to be honest with you. He has read probably every single thing that's ever been written about him or written by him. And he has some amazing insight. And, of course, in his um, teaching about what we're going through, he talked about the I have a dream speech, which we all have heard, and, and we celebrate that, and, and you hear it resonate, especially when we celebrate his birthday on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. But he also went to a couple of other quotes that were not as famous, but they were actually quotes that were used more often by Martin Luther King Jr. And those two quotes, just when he spoke them, they, they resonated with me as a pastor, as a shepherd. They resonated with us as a church and what God has called us to do. I'm going to read Martin Luther, Jean, Martin Luther King Jr.'s quotes, and I'm, then I'm going to kind of unpack it a little bit for you. But he was asked at one point, when will you be satisfied with the changes that are being made? When, when, when will you be satisfied? And this was his quote. He replied, we can never be satisfied as long as the Negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. It's incredible. The, the, the way that he spoke, and, and, he, and he always pushed peace and love over violence to, to make his point and to, and, and to bring his cause about. He says, oh no, we are not satisfied, and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like a mighty water and righteousness like a mighty stream. These two quotes hit me in the heart, and, and I want to tell you why. Um, from the very beginning of Faith Family Church, we knew that God had called us to be a church of healing, a church of hope, um, where people could come that had been abused and hurt for any number of reasons, and, and, and they could find hope, and they could find healing at Faith Family Church. You've heard me say that for years and all, all the different times. I mean, that's really what we want our church to, to be, is a place of hope and healing. Hope for your tomorrows and healing for your yesterdays. And the reason that this just resonated with me is that when Martin Luther King Jr. was quoting 
Uh, no, no, we, we are not satisfied. We will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like a mighty water and righteousness like a mighty stream. I never knew it, but he was actually quoting Amos chapter 5, verse 24, this, this little-known prophet of the Old Testament, which a lot of people maybe have never even read this scripture. But this is what it says. It says, but let justice roll down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. You see, justice is for your yesterdays. It's for the damage that's been done, the wrongs that, that have been committed. And, and we pray for justice for every victim. We pray that justice would be served for every victim of, of this horrible thing called racism. But righteousness is for our tomorrow. And, and what that is talking about, and, and in this scripture, Amos is talking about a rebuke from God for the people of Israel because they weren't following God's plan. They weren't doing what God had instructed them to do. They weren't doing what was right in God's eyes. They were doing their own thing, and they had idols and all sorts of things. And he's being rebuked, and, they, and, and what he's saying is, this is when things are going to change. When, when, when justice uh, is, is, is taken care of for every person, when justice rolls down like a mighty water, and when righteousness flows like a mighty stream, what he's saying is that when God's people will be responsible, will take responsibility for their actions, justice will be served. And when God's people choose to, to go out and to do what's right in the sight of the Lord, we're going to have righteousness flowing in our streets. And that's really where we're going to see a change in, in what's going on. That's really the thing that, that God wants us to see and wants us to embrace. Matter of fact, that we know this for a fact because Jesus, when he prayed to the Father, he prayed and he said, Father, Please, make them, the people, all the people, make them one like you and I are one. He doesn't want this division. He doesn't want this hatred. His heart for us was for us to be one. And see, the problem is the world is trying to, to deal with a skin problem. What color is your skin and why do you hate that person? But the reality is racism is not a skin problem. Racism is a sin problem. And see, you can't successfully deal with sin without Jesus. And that's why the world needs us so desperately in these dark days to lead on how to bring positive change and to correct this, this, this wrong direction that we've been going for far too long. God has positioned us as his body to let our light shine and to lead the world out of this darkness. He's shown us and, and he's directed us in his word and he's even equipped us. And I want us to look at some scriptures here that, that talk about this very situation because right now our world is, is, it, it is literally obsessed with superheroes. People that are doing magnificent things, but we're always looking for somebody else to do it. But the truth is God has equipped all of us as Christ followers. Those who call Jesus Christ Lord and God our Father, our Heavenly Father, He has equipped us with these superpowers of the, the, the uh, fruit of the Spirit. And He has given us these things. And, you know, I just want you to know, the, the fruit of the Spirit, as we dig into this, the fruit of the Spirit is literally the result of having the Spirit of God in your life. 
it will be recognizable for people to see it. And that's really what the Bible teaches us. If you would, turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. We're going to read 22 and 23. And, and then from there, which God has, has shown us how we're equipped and, and, and what he's given us, then we're going to go into Galatians 6, 1 and 2, which shows us the responsibility we have as people who have this, those of us who are the Bible defines as spiritual, have the gifts of the Spirit in our life, the responsibility that we have on how to use those. Amen? So Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, um, verse 23, gentleness, and self-control. Now listen to this. Against such, there is no law. There's no law to stop us from using these things. But the thing I want you to see is every single one of these are to be from us to other people. The fruit of the Spirit is supposed to operate in our life by what we do for and to other people in a godly way. Do you see that? It, it, it's so powerful. And then he goes on to t- show us the responsibility that we have, and he points out that it's not, just, it's not just good enough to stand by and say, well, I'm not doing it. No, we're actually to take action and to help people who are struggling and suffering. So, as believers, our, our purpose as a church, our purpose as born-again Christ followers, is we are to love people to Jesus. We're to love them to the point where we see them receive him as Lord and Savior. Amen? But from that point, we're to go ahead and help them deal with their issues. And just because they have Jesus now doesn't mean they don't have issues. I mean, let's be honest. Come on. Every single one of you know, and you've heard me say, if you don't think you have issues, that's your issue. Amen? I mean, how many of you know Jesus Christ, but you still have a few issues? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, give me a little high five or a wave or a thumbs up in the comment section so I know that we're on track here. But all of us have issues. But we're to help each other work through them and get to a place where we're God-honoring with our lifestyle. Amen? So, as we look at this, Galatians 6, verse 1, it says this. It says, brothers and sisters, those who are Christ followers, those who are born-again believers, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, if somebody's in this cycle of sin, if they're doing something wrong, we're seeing a lot of that right now, if someone that we care about, someone that we're close to in relationship with, is caught in this cycle of sin, you who are spiritual should restore that person Gently. Don't come in and bash them. Don't come in. No, you meet them where they're at. You help them deal with their issues so they can get to the place where they want to walk the path that God has for them. That they're living a God-honoring life and they're letting their light shine, which would draw other people who are lost to Jesus. Amen? So we're to go ahead and to meet them, not to cast them aside and to give up on them, but but we're to go ahead and, and to help those gently. But I love this. It says, but watch yourself. How many of you ever had your parents look at you and say, watch yourself? You know, you had somebody look at you, hey, watch yourself. And you know what they were saying was, listen, you're real close to slipping over the edge and messing up. You're about to step into something you shouldn't step into, and they're trying to give you a warning before you step into it. Hey, watch yourself, right? And I just think it's cool the way God put this in here. Are you also maybe tempted? That means that we have to set a standard when, we're, when other people in our presence there's, there's certain things we should allow and certain things we shouldn't allow. There's things that, you know, well, I don't want to be the fuddy-duddy. I don't want to be the, the killjoy. 
Don't you want to be the light of God's world? Don't you want to let people look at you and see what God is doing in your life? See, because silence, and I, I've learned this in business, but it's true in life. Silence is agreement. If you see people that are doing things that are wrong and they're saying things that are wrong and they're, they're, they're making decisions that are wrong, for you to sit by silently means that you agree. And as a child of God, we just shouldn't be able to do that. Amen? We should be compelled to, to step up and say, you know, I, don't, I can't be a part of this. I, I, I don't want to hear this anymore. This is not for me. And you'll let them know you don't condone it. And, and gradually it will, it will press them to make different decisions if they want to remain in relationship with you. You do it gently. You don't do it like condemning. God didn't condemn us with our sin. But we need to do it gently. Amen? And it says this, so that you won't be tempted is what we're talking about. Carry each other's burdens. This is very important. If you can't underline it on your, your Bible, your device, whatever it is, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. See, the truth is, everybody needs somebody to help carry their burdens sometimes. All of us. We run into difficult times, and we need somebody to help us carry our burdens. But we also, based on the responsibility that God is showing us in this, is we need to be willing to help carry other people's burdens also. We need to be willing to go ahead and, and say, hey, let me help you with that. The people that have been knocked down, that have been victimized, that have been hurt, we need to rise up, and we need to, the Bible says, we're to help them recover. We who are spiritual should be doing the restoring. Amen? Now, I need to say this right now because I, I, I just feel like it's something that we should touch on. If you have been a victim and that you have felt the pain of the things that are going on in the world today, like racism, please allow us as a church, your church, to stand with you. And even though maybe I've never experienced it, it doesn't mean that I can't support you and that I can't stand with you. And our church is a church that loves. And we, we, do not, we do not want any part of that. So I'm asking you to let us stand with you. Don't think because we haven't been through it that we can't stand and we can't learn how to empathize and understand and, and be part of the answer instead of just sitting on the sidelines. Those days are gone as far as I'm concerned. You know, the, the, the truth of the matter is that when we love, it compels. It causes us to do something. And because the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart, we're not comfortable on the bench anymore. We are here to be a blessing to you. We are here to be a support to you, to be an ear for you. We are, help to, we are here to help restore. And then it's not just racism. It's, it's any hurt or any pain that you've gone through in this world. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to restore us. And it's our responsibility as the body of Christ to help that come, come to pass. Amen? And we know this is, is God's will because in, in uh, 1 John 4.20 it says this. It says, if someone says that I love God, but they hate their brother, it says they're a liar. So we are actually, we are instructed to just not stand by but we're instructed to stand up and to make a declaration for what's right in the sight of God. And that's really what we want to do. And if we can do it with you, 
then I believe that, that we can get the world to a better place. And understand this, I know this with, without a doubt, it is hard sometimes to accept help or support from somebody that you don't know cares about you. Um, a perfect example is a couple weeks ago, I was in Publix and I was getting food for some people and, and, and trying to make sure I had everything and to be mindful of what I needed to get and, 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 and really be on the ball, you know, do, do the thing right. And I couldn't remember everything, so uh, everybody's got masks on and I'm right in the middle row, right behind the registers at Publix. And there's a lot of people, long lines everywhere. So I, I take my cart and I just push it into this aisle and reach for my phone. Well, there was a lady there who had decided that she wanted to help me. And, um, but to be honest with you, by the volume and the tone of her voice, I wasn't sure that she had my best interests at heart because she informed me very loudly and quickly, hey, you're going the wrong way. This aisle's one way. And so I immediately, not knowing her, how she felt about me, I honestly, to be honest, I kind of snapped back and said something to the effect of, I'm just making a phone call. I just wanted to get out of people's way. Probably not that nice if I was being totally honest with you. But see, sometimes it's hard. If we don't know the person who's presenting themselves to help us, we don't know if they really care about us. We don't know if it's heartfelt. But once you get to know that that person loves you and cares about you, and, and they're concerned about what you're going through, then you're able to receive it much easier. So I want to say it loud, and I want to say it uh, from the top of my lungs, that Faith Family Church loves you, we care about you, and we're here for you. And it's not just the, the, the current headline. It's the hurts and pains that this world puts us in and affects on us. And we're here to stand with you. We're here to, as God allows and empowers, we're here to restore you and get you back to that original place of honor that God designed you in his very image. Amen? So we love you guys. We care about you. And we want you to know that Faith Family Church is there for you. I mean, God so loved the world that he gave. The world is everybody. It's not one people group. It's all people groups. It's not one color of people. It's all the colors of people. God so loved the world, everybody, that he gave his only begotten son so as a ransom. He, he gave him as a ransom for, every, for whosoever, that's anyone. So there's no place for racism in, in, in God's kingdom. It, it just shouldn't be allowed, and we stand up, and we're declaring that, that we are against it as a church, and we are standing with those who are being affected by it. Amen? And it, it's something that we've decided to do. It's something that we see examples of in the Word. And as we get ready to wind down today, I want to look at a story in Luke chapter 10, verse 25. It's called the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, even if you didn't grow up in church, you've probably heard that term, the Good Samaritan. Well, this is where it came from. Amen? In Luke chapter 10, verse 25, it says, One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus. You, can, you can't trip Jesus up. He's trying to trip him up, and you can't do that. Jesus is God in the flesh. But he was trying, and he says, by asking him a question, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? He said it that way because he knew this man was an expert, and really what he was doing was letting him know, I know what you're up to. He was kind of calling him out on what he was trying to do. What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? What's it say to you personally? 
And really, we all have to look at God's word that way. What is it saying to you? I am more convicted now about things than I was two weeks ago. But with that conviction, I now have the insight and the wisdom to stand up and help bring a change about. Amen? What's it saying to you? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man replied, with a, or, or the man wanted to justify his actions. This, uh, this is so funny. We all do. We all make excuses, right? We, we know we do. But he wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? He was trying to come up with some lame excuse why he wasn't doing what he knew he should be doing. And I don't know if you are all old enough. I know some of you aren't. But there was a series on when I was a kid called Welcome Back, Cotter. And it was about an inner city school with a teacher who really cared about the students. And John Travolta got his start there. And uh, there was different stars there. But there was this one um, student who every time something was required of him, he would bring in this lame excuse. And it would say, please excuse Epstein. That was his name. Please excuse Epstein from whatever it was it was required of him. And it was always signed Epstein's mother. And it was, it was funny because the teacher didn't believe it. The other students didn't believe it. But he always had these lame excuses. And I really think that we're getting to a point where God's saying, hey, let's lose the excuses. Let's, let's go ahead and do what's right because it's right. And let's lose the excuses why we don't have time. We, we can't work in an art schedule. We can't afford. Let's just lose the excuses. Amen. I believe he started with him, but he, it, it, he was probably talking to us too. Amen. So Jesus, um, Jesus replied with a story. He said, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem. Now, here's what you have to understand. He was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. Now, Jerusalem would be kind of a wholesome town, a lot of God influence in that town, and Jericho would kind of be like a Las Vegas. Um, not that they were all bad, but there was a, a big influence of sin in Jericho. It was kind of a, you know, a party town. You know, it was probably the original sin city, if you will. So anyway, there's a Jewish man, very important to understand that, and he's traveling to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, verse 31, for those of you who are following, by chance a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying, lying there, excuse me, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Now, what the, the, the interesting part about this is a priest whose whole job and position was to represent God's will on the earth. He was God's representative on the earth. He was a religious person. So you have him coming along, and he sees the man, and he goes to the other side of the street and walks right on by. It goes on. Verse 32. A Levite, or it says a temple assistant who was a Levite, which is somebody still in ministry, serving in, in, in ministry, representing God's will in the world, and it says that, that he walked over and he actually walked up to the guy and looked at him lying there, but then also went to the other side of the street and just kept going. Sad day. But then listen to this. Then a despised Samaritan. Why would it say despised? What you have to understand in this time and in this culture, the, the Jewish people and the Samaritans had so much racial tension between them. They couldn't stand each other. They, they looked down on each other. They rejected each other. Uh, it, was, it was racism at its worst. And it says that a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. See, Samaritans, they also worshiped God, just not the same way that the Jewish people did. 
And, and when, I, when it says he had compassion for him, I believe that he didn't let racial boundaries stop him from allowing God to influence him to do what God wanted him to do. I don't think it mattered who it was or where they were from that he realized and acknowledged that that person that was mattered to God. And it says that, that um, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged him. Then he put this man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him for the whole night. He stayed with the guy. Who knows what he had scheduled, but he stayed with the guy, took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins. This is an important note here. The two silver co coins, those are two denarii. And those are actually equal to, to two days' wages. So if you wonder how much it was, how much do you make a day? Multiplied times two. That's how much this person who didn't know him, but knew that he probably couldn't stand him, but he was willing to invest his own time. He was willing to invest his own money. And, and he told the innkeeper, he said, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. After he told the story, Jesus turned to the man who was trying to trip him up, and he said, Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked him. The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, Now go and do the same. That's instruction for all of us. There's four different groups of people in this story. There's Jesus who, who wanted to, to use this story to, to make a point to show this person who was trying to set him up the right thing to do. There were the bandits that, that looked at him as if he was an opportunity to exploit. The, the priest and the Levite who looked at him as he was a problem to avoid. And then there's the good Samaritan who looked at him as a person that's valued and needed help. And see, he was willing to cross racial boundaries to take care of a person that had been hurt and wounded. He takes him in. He spends his own time. He puts him on his own donkey. He spends his own money. He makes a tremendous effort to help this person get back to health. He, inve he invested of himself to restore this person. This is a story where Jesus tells the guy, go and do likewise. In other words, what I believe the story is saying to us today is we're to find somebody who's hurting, somebody who's, who's broken, who's, who looks different than us. We're to find somebody that's destitute uh, relationally, spiritually, emotionally, morally, physically. And as God's representatives, we're to restore them to God's original place of honor. You are loved and you are valued and you are precious to God and we should treat them that way. I believe this is instruction for every single one of us that call ourselves Christians. If you're hurting, then Faith Family Church, Pastor Don and I and the whole staff of Faith Family Church, we love you. We value you. We know that God loves you and he values you and we're here to help you. And I want you to know that from the bottom of my heart. I believe that this is instruction that God is telling us so that we let our light shine, so that we lead through these dark days. So we're the example, and we're the, we're the answer to the problem, and we don't just stand by and see what the world does. The world can't handle sin without Jesus, but we can bring the light of Jesus into the world. Amen? And I want to say this, if you're watching this, because I know we are, we're inviting people, 
Uh, some of you are having watch parties and things. That um, if you're watching this video and you haven't made the decision to invite Jesus Christ into your life as your Lord and Savior, I would love it if you would consider that today. Because it doesn't matter who you are, what color you are, where you came from. Hear me, it doesn't even matter what you've done. Jesus Christ came to set you free from your sin, to set you free from yourself, to set you free from the hurts and the pains that maybe this world has inflicted on you. And he has a better life for you. And the first step in, in receiving that and walking in that is allowing him into your life. See, he came as that ransom to pay the price for your sin and for mine. He never, he never sinned. He lived a perfect life, but he, he voluntarily positioned himself to pay the price for sin. He did that for us. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and if that resonates in your heart and you're thinking, you know, I need this, um, I just want to say you do. Today's the day of salvation, the Bible says. So I'm going to pray for you to receive Jesus, and I'm also going to pray for those of us who maybe heard something in the message today that reminded us that it might be time for us to step up and step out and let our light shine and to represent Jesus in a positive action to do something to make this world a better place. Amen? So will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that your word instructs us, it enlightens us, it encourages us, it, in, it, it empowers us to rise up to be the people that you've created us to be. So Father, with every person who's hearing my voice now over whatever uh, form of media, I know that their heart is, is, is hearing this, but I want to make sure, Father, and I ask that you would just reveal to them what you have for them and let them know just how much you love them and, and help them to see through what we've said and, and what you've done that there's a better life and there's a better way. So if that's you and you want to receive Jesus, then I want you to say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, today I believe with all of my heart that you love me, that you sent Jesus for me, and he accomplished what only he could, which was pay the price for my sin, to set me free and allow me to be in relationship with you with nothing dividing us. I believe this in my heart, and I confess it with my mouth. In Jesus' matchless name, Amen. I know the church, and my, my wife's right over here in the corner, and she's like, yeah, you know. And we're just believing for, for you to just find Jesus. And, and we're here as a church to help you. We'll help you in the next steps of your life and to help you walk this journey with God to get to the place where you're experiencing everything he has for you. So please reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, contact us on whatever mode you're, you're watching. There's a way for you to do it. And uh, we will follow up with you. And we love you. And we can't wait to hear from you. Amen. I want to say this too, that nothing we do would be possible without the most incredible church family members in the world. You guys are such a blessing. And in a time where it would be easy to disconnect, you're staying connected and you're helping us to push on and to be who God has called us to be as a church. And your support is, is just amazing. And we love you, and we commend you for that. I know that God is excited, and I'm hearing the testimonies of what he's doing in your lives where, you know, you're, you're sowing and you're, you're giving, and God is just showing up in a bigger way. Keep it up. 
those of you who are doing it, you know how to do it. If you don't know how and you'd like to support what Faith Family Church is doing, you can do it through text to give. You can do it online. You can do it by physically mailing it to us. There's a, there's a slide that's going to come up and show you. So I love you very much. Now's not the time to sink back and see what happens. Now's the time for us all to stand together and for us to stand together with the power of God. Let the fruit of the Spirit flow through us to impact lives around us, and we will see this world become a better place. Amen? I love you so much. I can't wait till we get back together, but until then, let's keep doing what we're doing. Good day. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.